Hello, and welcome to the um, Business of Open Source Software track. Um, let me introduce Jay Yu, uh, co-founder and chief architect of Wearabots. All right. Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, can you guys hear me from the back? Great, great. Awesome, let's uh, probably get started. So today I'm very happy to be here and talk about lots of things related to uh, variables related to Apache Sedona. So the title of my presentation today, as you can see here, so it is Geo Unleashed, how Apache Sedona is revolutionizing geospatial data analysis. Let's get started. So just a little bit about, about me. So I'm the co-founder uh, of Wearables. I'm also right now the chief architect. And uh, I'm the VP and the PMC chair of Apache Sedona. And uh, I was a professor of computer science at Washington State University. And I got my CS PhD from ASU. And I also spent time at Apple, Microsoft Research, and uh, IBM Research. All right, so I think everybody here, you, you know, so this is FOSS4G, so everybody here is familiar with geospatial data, right? So here is just like a quick overview about all the geospatial data we have in our, in our daily life. So geospatial data could come from many different data sources. So it could come from telemetry data, uh, road network, uh, traffic data, residential maps, satellite imagery, so lots of different data sources can, can generate can generate geospatial data. Now, the problem is all this geos, like we are getting geospatial data from many different data sources and the scale of this data is so huge. So for example, so right now we have, as of today, we have over five billion mobile devices all around the world. And all these devices, they are keep generating, keep generating ge uh, geospatial data, like GPS locations, every single second. So this is a huge amount of data. On the other hand, we also have lots of real network data. So let's use OpenStreetMap as an example. So OpenStreetMap is the most popular open uh, road network data, right? It has over one terabyte of road, road network data. And not only that, so OSM data gets updated on a daily basis. So this is a crazy amount of data. And finally, so in terms of satellite imagery data, so it is also very huge. For example, NASA has over 22 petabyte satellite imagery data. So given the, the huge scale of geospatial data, so the question is, so how can we find a scalable tool that can quickly and efficiently analyze and make sense of those data, and most importantly, help people to drive insights from the geospatial data? So here comes Apache Sedona. So Apache Sedona is an open source cluster computing engine for processing large-scale geospatial data. So Apache Sedona is a project uh, at Apache Software Foundation. So you can find our website at sedona.apache.org. And uh, we're also, of course, on GitHub, right? So we are, we are under the Apache uh, organization on GitHub. And uh, we're also on Twitter as well. So search us on Twitter and follow us for the latest news. 
So just give you a little bit idea of the status of Apache Sedona. So we started Sedona in 2015 as a research project of my PhD study. So it becomes mature in 2017, and Sedona joined. Back then, it was called GeoSpark. So in 2020, so it joined the Apache Software Foundation. So right now, it has over 10,000 corporate users, and it has over 100 contributors on GitHub, and it has 1.6 stars on GitHub, and it has over 1.5 million downloads last month. And uh, we are we have uh, in total we have over 20 million downloads, and it is ranked among top one percent most downloaded packages on PyPy. So basically, lots of users are using Sedona. So here, it, so the figure on the right, so it just like quick overview about the companies who are using Sedona right now in their production. A quick overview about the system system architecture of Sedona. So on the right, so you can see Sedona has a couple layers. So the first layer is called the spatial query processing layer. So basically it provides a bunch of distributed query algorithm and a spatial query optimizer. So in terms of the public API, it provides spatial SQL interface. So the spatial SQL you, you guys have been using in PostGIS for, for a very long time, right? So we provide the exact same API, spatial SQL API. And we also provide Python API and uh, also Scala API, Java API, as well as R. So we have R binding as well. So the, the next layer underneath the query processing layer is called the distributed spatial dataset layer. So in this layer, we provide a fundamental di distributed data structure for people to, for, for the engine to store the spatial data. So we have a spatial data partitioning, spatial indexing, spatial data compression technique inside. And uh, Sedona can run on a top, uh, on, run on a top of a, top of a number of different distributed engines. So Apache Spark and uh, Apache Flink for stream processing. And uh, it is also available on Snowflake. So if you search on Snowflake's uh, marketplace, so you'll, visit, you'll, you'll, see that, you'll see that there is a plugin called Sedona Snow. So that is open source Sedona on Snowflake. All right. Now let's take a look at a few examples about how to run spatial SQL in Sedona. So I believe some of you have uh, have familiar with this one, but let's just make sure everybody in the room are on the same page. So here is an example about uh, about table called New York City Taxi Trip Records. As you can see here in this table, we contains so each row contains a, a record of a taxi trip that includes license plate. Uh, timestamp, pickup point, drop off point, so on and so forth, right? And on the other hand, I have another uh, query window called Manhattan area, so it is a polygon. Now, the question I want to ask is, so what are the trips started in Manhattan? So if we put this on a map, which is a map on our right, so we, have, we want to find the trips that started in this red rectangle. So this is also called a spatial uh, range query. You can easily do this in Sedona using the following SQL query. So the key point here is, so you can, you can still use the select from where, but in the where clause, you're gonna use this, this predicate called stContains. 
So the SD contains take as input two parameters. So the first parameter is the mountain area polygon. And the second parameter is the pickup point column, right? So this means that you want you want find out points within this uh, Manhattan region. So this is a simple example. Now here is a more challenging query. So we have two tables right now. So one table it includes all the cities uh, in the entire world. So it has a city name and also the boundary of each city. The second table is a driver table. It contains uh, the location of a number of drivers, so their names and the locations. Now, the question I want to ask is, I want to find drivers in each city. So how can I do this in, in Sedona? You can still do this use the spatial SQL query. So the query will be as follows. Still, you use select from where, the three, uh, three clouds. But in the from clause, you're going to put two tables. So the city table and the driver table. And uh, in the where clause, still we use st contains as the predicate. However, this time, we're going to take two columns as the input. So uh, the first column is the location, is the boundary of the cities. And the second column is the location of all the drivers. So basically, this will return you uh, the result you want. Now, another question I want to ask is, so what is the time complexity of these spatial SQL queries? So if you look at these queries, right, so what we are doing here is we are essentially doing an inner join between these two tables. So if, suppose we don't have any optimization on this query, so what end up happening is you're gonna do like n square complexity query you're gonna do a nasty loop between these two tables. Unfortunately, this, this algorithm, if we do it this way, so it is prohibitively expensive in a distributed system. You will never get the result, okay? So in Sedona, we have some interesting algorithm to solve the problem, so I'm gonna go into the details later on. All right, let's look at another query. So this query is, I want to find my nearest neighbors, right? So this is the nearest neighbor query. So we have a table like this one, so restaurants, right? It contains the location of the restaurant and also the name of each restaurant. And uh, the question I want to ask is, so tell me the nearest 20 restaurant. So the, the screenshot you see on your right, so it's the actual screenshot I took from my cell phone. I'm from the Yelp app, right? So it, it essentially tells me, so the nearest, uh, nearest 20 restaurant around me, so I can do, uh, go grab a lunch. Now, how can I do this in Sedona? Still, you can do it in uh, SQL queries. So we use select from where, but we use two, uh, two different uh, predicates. One is called the order by, okay? Another thing is we use this, this function called stDistance. So what stDistance takes is it takes two input. So it takes a target point or query point, which is my current location, right? And it takes another input, it takes the column uh, as input, the location of each restaurant as input. So it essentially calculates the distance between this query point 
which is my location, between every single uh, location of the restaurant. And then it orders the distance ascendingly, and it takes the top 20 result and return to me. So limit here means I just want the top 20 result. Okay, so this is the way that you can write a Kinder neighbor query inside Ona. Now, another question still I want to ask is, so what is the time complexity of this query? So if you just imagine this query, so apparently we are using an order by, right? So based on our classic textbook knowledge, so if you want to do a, do a sorting on the entire table, so the, on average you're gonna get n log n complexity, right? So. However, this unlock and complexity is also prohibitively expensive in a distributed system. So it won't work if you just naively use the algorithm inside the owner. So we also do did something interesting to optimize the query here. So if I have time, I'm gonna talk about that. Okay. So in addition to the queries, as you already see that, so we use this, this function called st distance, right? So there's a problem of the st distance. So when you take the, when you calculate the distance between two geospatial locations, right? Say the location of myself and the location of other restaurant. So you, you're using the coordinates of like two geospatial geographic coordinates. So if you, by default, the ST distance, just calculate the Euclidean distance between two points, right? So, but in real world, if you give it two geographic locations, so how can we correctly calculate, the, say, the meter distance between these two geographic locations, right? So, for example, like this one, right? So, and what if you give me two geographic locations? So, what is the distance result you get from this query, right? So, is it uh, is it in kilometers? Is it in miles, right? So, the problem here is that this is because so one important thing to consider is because Earth is a sphere, right? So, we cannot simply just use Euclidean distance to compute the the, the physical distance between two locations. So in Sedona, we provide multiple different ways to do this efficiently. So the first way to do it is uh, use ST transform to transform the, the coordinate reference system out to geospatial locations. So we transform it from the degree-based CRS to meter-based CRS. And after that, you will be able to use ST distance to calculate the Euclidean distance between two points. Another way to do that in Sedona is we, pro <coughs> we provide two other functions, so which are, which are, which are called ST distance sphere and ST distance sphere load. So what they did is so it directly take two geographical locations the location as input without requiring you to do the ST transform. So it directly calculate the grid circle distance between two. Uh, to draft uh, geographical coordinates. So we introduced this new, these two new functions like uh, uh, in Sedona 1.4, which is about uh, a year, uh, half a year ago or probably a year ago. And uh, so lots of people are using it right now. Another big part in Sedona is about raster data processing. So all the functions I have been talking about, they are about just, you know, vector data processing, right? So another part is about raster data processing. In this example, I'm talking about GeoTIFF, for instance. 
So the way Sedona process and store raster data is as follows. So we store it as a uh, in a table in memory. So we will do the we will do the computation. So each row is corresponding to a small tile. So which is a tile as you see on the on the map, right? And we also store the bounding box, the re the geo reference rectangle of the uh, of the image tile. And after that, you will be able to run queries on top of that. And each tile just look at, looks like a 2D array, right? All right, so here is a raster query. So suppose I have, the, I have a data, data, uh, data table that contains all the temperature, uh, Earth observation for temperature uh, in 2015, and another table that contains all the uh, Earth's temperature observation in 2015, uh, 2014. So how can we use these two data, data, data tables to get uh, some sort of understanding of the temperature? So one, one simple thing you can do is that you can use the temperature in 2015 minus the temperature of 2014. And the difference between the temperatures, we can, uh, we can say, okay, so this is the, probably related to the climate change, right? Just a very simple, very, very simple example. You can do this in Sedona like this. So you're basically gonna join these two tables together based on, their, uh, based on the tile name, right? As I say, make sure they point to the same, uh, same, uh, same region, same, uh, same place. And then, most importantly, you can have this function called RS map algebra, right? So what this RS map algebra does is it can take rasters, raster band as input, and you can specify what what operation, what algebra operation you want to perform on this uh, on each of the band. In this example, we are just using the raster band. Uh, our first, first image minus the raster band uh, in the second image. All right, so now let me talk about the query, I'll talk about a, a little bit about the query algorithm in Apache Sedona. So in Sedona, every single spatial SQL queries will go through the following three steps. So the first step is called spatial query parser. So what it does is it will, under, it will try to understand the spatial SQL queries you provide it to the engine. So it will try to uh, extract the spatial uh, expressions, like ST contains ST distance, RS uh, map algebra. So it will try to understand what, are doing, what you are doing with the queries. And it will also try to verify verifies the type, the, the type of the columns you try to use in the queries. Whether the column is a geometry type, whether the column is a polygon point, uh, whether it is a raster data, raster type, right? So once the query is uh, properly passed, so we're gonna go to the next step, which is spatial query optimizer. So query optimizer will optimize the spatial actual query you, uh, you, you provide, it will mainly do, do three things. So it will try to do first do the spatial filter pushdown. So essentially, what it means is that so you know recently in this conference, there are lots of people talking about you know GeoParquet, Zars, right? So one of the most important thing about all this uh, data format is it allows you to do spatial uh, data uh, spatial data filter pushdown. So which means we will give us spatial queries. 
So the query engine should be able to first try to push the filter down to a data source to reduce the amount of data that you're going to transfer from your remote cloud storage to the computation engine. So this will reduce reduce the uh, the data egress fees. This will speed up the query processing, and uh, there are lots of benefits there. So Sedona will be automatically figure out so what is the best way to push down your spatial filter, and it will try to push down the filter to your spatial data source like GeoParquet. Another thing we do is called spatial function folding. So basically, if you have like nested spatial functions, say 100 functions nested together in the same queries, it will try to merge all these functions to one to reduce the data serialization and the deserialization time. Also, spatial join query algorithm. So, all right, so once the uh, query is optimized and we, we decided it's a, the best query, uh, query plan, so we're gonna send it to the query executor. So the query executor gonna leverage the distributed spatial index inside the owner to speed up the queries in each executor. And uh, we also have the spatial data serialization, a customized serialization, a serializer and deserializer to make sure the data, uh, is, uh, the data serialization is super fast. All right, now let me talk about some, some technologies we use internally in Apache Sedona. So one important thing in Sedona is called geospatial data partitioning. So, so the idea behind that is, so we want to partition the data, the geospatial data based on their spatial proximity, right? So we want to make sure nearby objects are put in the same partition. So the benefit of that is, say, in the future, if I ask a query, like, find the drivers in Washington State. So I'm, I'm just gonna send this query to the Washington partition, right? I'm not gonna check every single every other partition in the data set. So this will greatly speed up the performance. So this is actually a critical factor to the uh, query, perform query performance. It's actually one of the, one of the most critical uh, factor. So the key point here is we should not just simply partition by their proximity. We also need to make sure we try, try our best to maintain the load balance. So what is a load balance? So in a distributed system, load balance means that so each partition, so partition means so each, each machine in the cluster is gonna take, take this partition as a workload and work on that, right? So we need to make sure that each partition has roughly similar amount of, similar amount of records. So basically, each worker or each executor in the cluster, they're able to have similar amount of data to work on, so everybody gets something to do. And so make sure uh, we don't overload someone and uh, we don't let some machine is just idle, right? So in Sedona, in addition to the spatial data partitioning, so we also have some alternative. So we, you can do Google S2 partitioning, you can do uh, Uber H3 partitioning. Right, but they are not as good as our spatial partition algorithm we are mentioning here. All right, so some question to the audience. So although the idea of the spatial partition is, is already here, right, it is pretty obvious, but the question is, so how can you get this, this grid fail, this grid fail, this, all these grids, right, for 
uh, for your spatial data set. So because as you look at this, uh, this grid file, so some region, when, when the data is pretty dense, you get a small, small boundary, and some region when they are like, you have like very sparse data, uh, sparse data so you got, you're gonna have larger, larger boundary for the partition, right? So how you're gonna get this grid file from a data set? Another question is, so this is, this is like a grid file, right? So this, the example here is about the points, but how about the polygons? So how about if you have polygons that, that sit on top of the boundaries? So how are you gonna partition data, partition those polygons into different, you know, put them into different partitions? So this is the question for the audience. All right, so I don't have much time, so I'm gonna speed up a little bit. So here is a quick uh, overview about the spatial index we have in uh, Sedona. So basically we have a local index on each of the, uh, each of the machine. So it will take the uh, data partition and uh, speed up the local query processing. And another important component, as I mentioned, is the geospatial filter pushdown. So this particular important for the geo parquet geo support in Sedona. So just in case you, uh, if you don't know geo parquet, so parquet, uh, parquet is a columnar uh, data format, cloud native data format has been there for a very long time. So geo parquet is an extension to parquet file, so it adds metadata to the, uh, to the file header, to the partition header of each partition in parquet file, right? So instead of the support of filter pushdown, so it will be able to read the metadata field of each of the partition of parquet file and reduce the amount of data load to Sedona, to the computing engine. And by the way, Sedona support read and write. So Sedona so far probably is the first, I'm not sure if it's the only one, that support scalable generating a huge amount of Geo parquet file in a few minutes because we use distributed engine and we also support parquet write. Okay. So geospatial serialization, deserialization. So just quickly go through that. So the serialization we have in Sedona, we have a customized serializer. So it will be, uh, so it's serialization speed, it is around uh, th three to five X faster. Uh, than the default serializer uh, in Spark or in Flink or in Java. So about uh, three to five X uh, faster. And the 20 X, uh, oh sorry. So 20 X faster in terms of serialization, five X faster in terms of deserialization. All right, so we did a performance benchmark, benchmark about Sedona uh, on Spark. So let's just look at the latest one we, we are using on, we did, we did recently. So, so we did a benchmark to join two 8 billion OSM nodes with uh, 170 cities. So we can finish this in around, uh, in this join on a cluster that contains uh, 160 GPU, CPU in around five hours. And uh, we also join another big data set that can finish in three minutes. We also compare Sedona with GeoPandas. So here I'm not shooting down GeoPandas. GeoPandas is a great, great tool for you to process geospatial data. It's just that uh, it cannot scale, uh, scale very well. So, so as you can see, so when the records goes, when the uh, when the trip records goes goes up, so Sedona will be able to still leverage the multiple cores on your machine, but GeoPandas will just give you auto memory errors. 
All right, some application outside donor. So I'm going to go through that. So these are the applications we get from our open source users. So they are the real world applications. So Sedona is able to also integrate with Apache Zeppelin. So you can, you can directly have some sort of SQL dashboard. And uh, Sedona can also be integrated with Jupyter Notebook, and you can do visualization inside. Oops. So Sedona also has native integration with uh, Shapely and Pandas, GeoPandas. And uh, it, it can take input and output from GeoPandas. Integration with Jupyter Notebook. And uh, right now, Sedona, open source Sedona is available on GitHub, but we also have a commercialized version of Sedona called Sedona DB uh, on Veribus Cloud. So if you're interested, you can go to our website and try it out. All right, thank you guys. Thank you.